This episode of Z Chronicles is brought to you by Allstate. If you're interested in getting some insurance for your, your 16 year old and they just got a car, you know what I'm saying? If you need some, some renters insurance or any type of insurance you may need, motorcycle, bike, you know what I'm saying? Tricycle, big wheel. Um, if you need some insurance, holla at your boy Tony here down at Allstate Insurance at 419-357-7888. Uh, or you can hit him up on his email. That's TonyHair at Allstate.com. That's T-O-N-Y-H-A-E-R-R at Allstate.com. Yo, it's your boy Big Zeke. This is the Zeke Chronicles. Um, I'm your boy, Big Zeke, the Zekeologist, bringing you the Zekeology. You know what I'm saying? I'm here with a special guest. Uh, we got DJ Jimmy Rock in the building, man. What's up with you? Yes, yes. What's up, man? How you doing? Uh, I'm doing pretty good, man. It's good to have you, man. Thank you for having me. Yeah, for sure, man. I ain't had no guest in a minute. I've been sitting here talking to myself and shit for <laughs> you know for a while, and right. you know I've been trying to get shit together. So you know what I'm saying? For for those of you guys who don't know, but you probably should know from the name, DJ Jimmy Rock is a a DJ. Um, wait, are you from Sandusky? Yep. Born okay. And raised. Born and raised in Sandusky. Okay. Yep. Born and raised. What year? Oh three. Oh three. Yeah. Okay. Six years. Wait. Six years before me. Okay. Now. Man, why you gotta say it like that? Tell me. <laughs> I, I, I throw on a date damn, on it. I'm like, that's, oh, that's fucked up. Yeah, that's kind of fucked up. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. We all getting old. We all just we all just dying at the end of the day. We just close to death. Right. <laughs> So yeah, DJ Jimmy Rock, man, how long you been DJing? Uh, I've been doing this full time, um, about seven and a half years now. Seven and a half years? Yep. So what's what made you start? Like, what was your passion to just start DJing? Well, so I mean, we we got we got some time, right? I can I can go like oh, way we back. got time. We got time. Okay. This is a podcast, so I don't. I, I probably shouldn't have just came in that fast. We could have just talked some shit real quick, but we could just chop <laughs> it up. It's all good, man. Get to the good stuff. <laughs> yeah, um, the gusto. Honestly, man, like my parents would tell you hey, that I water, came out. Hold of the on one second. Water. Oh, I thank think, you. Yeah, there you go. Appreciate I'm sorry, man. I was, um, I was brewed. My parents would tell you I came out of the womb pretty much as a musician, as a creative type person. I mean, um, just growing up my entire life, I was always into like music and art and drama and fashion. You, you know, anything I could kind of get my hands on and be creative with, yeah. you know, that was always my go-to. Um, my parents would tell you how before I could even walk, I used to actually crawl over to the record player, pull out a vinyl, put it on the turntable, put the needle on the song I wanted to listen to without it skipping. And then I would proceed to go into the kitchen and pull out pots, pans, and spoon. I would drum along <laughs> to the song I wanted to listen to. So, uh... You know, I, I grew up as a drummer. That yeah. that was my first instrument. Grew up with that flavor, sound like. <laughs> yeah, grew up playing drums. You know, in church and stuff. Yeah. I was in a couple of different bands and projects, and one thing led to the other. You know, I started picking up guitar, the violin, trombone, trumpet, keyboards. I started producing. I was writing poetry. I was writing hip hop songs. I was writing rock songs. I was writing worship songs. You know, at church. Yeah. And um, just musically, just inclined. Yeah, just touch, just anything just and everything. Anything music. Yeah, and so um, I had an opportunity uh, a few years ago, or no, just a few years, seven years ago now, um, to get my first gig at Kalahari actually, as a DJ. They they were looking to expand their uh, their roster of uh, entertainers they had out there, and I remember sitting down with a guy. I had an interview with him, and he had asked me if I had any experience at all as a DJ. I'm like, well, no, but you know. I'll, 
you know, I just kind of started naming off some of the things and projects I've been a part of right. and some of the live events. And he's like, well, at the end of the day, being a DJ, it all comes really down to personality. He's like, I could teach you how to DJ. I could teach you how to read a crowd. He's like, but I cannot teach you how to have personality and character. Right. I'm like, hey, that's that's real talk. Really? So Yeah. That's where it all started. That's what's up. So all through school, were you in the band, orchestra and shit like that? Um. Well, in uh, I think it was sixth grade, I started off with trombone, and uh, I did that for probably a year or so. Um, eventually, I got a drum set for Christmas one year, and I wanted to switch over to percussion with the school band, but they weren't having it. They were like, we, were, we already have drummers, and I'm like, well, I don't want to keep playing the stupid horn, so right. I bounce. <laughs> <laughs> and then after that, it was it was all self-taught. Um, in school, I was involved with art. I was involved with the choir. You know, I was doing, like, dramas and uh, musicals and whatnot. Yeah. But. Um, so what were you listening to? You said you were crawling and trying to play. What were you trying to play? What music were you listening to? Who were you listening to? Man, man, dude, it was everything. Depending on my mood, you know what I mean? Like, I, I would have times, like, I don't know how much you follow Christian music. But, you know, I, I grew up in a Christian home. I, I grew up in a Christian home, too. Okay. You also uh, know my, my, my beliefs are kind of crazy. Okay. But I, had, I grew up in a Christian home, too. Okay. So, you know, like, I, I grew up on Scott Street, right? Like, right, right there by Hancock. Yeah. So, like, it, it's funny because at home, I would be listening to Christian rock music with, uh -huh. like, my parents. You know, like, DeGarmo Key, Petra, DC Talk, artists like that. But then, like, I would walk around the corner to my friend's house, yeah. <laughs> and I'm listening to Tupac, I'm listening to Biggie, I'm yeah. listening to, you know, whatever whatever they had on the record player. Right. And then, you know, I would hang out with my school friends, and it was a different genre of music, and I would hang out with my church friends, and it would be yeah. another different genre of music. Just well-versed in different cultures. Type. Yeah. yeah. The only one I feel like didn't really have an influence on me growing up was country. Country. I, I try to knock it, but it just... <laughs> It really wasn't my thing. Yeah. There, there, there's some songs out there now that I'm kind of like, okay, that's a good song. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'll recognize a good song. And I'll appreciate a good artist, but I'm just like, that's not my what thing. What about Nelly? His country swag. It's, uh, I like I like old Nelly. I like early Nelly yeah. when it came out. You don't you like know this I mean? rapey Nelly, huh? He just, uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. He's rapey now. What is he on? He's rapey. He's rapey. You ain't see him all rapey and stuff? Uh -huh. Weirdish. He's, I don't know. Sums up with Nelly. He's been doing some weird some, shit at these uh, at these country concerts. Some weird shit been going on at country concerts. How about that? Anyway, yeah. country is not the thing to go to. No, I mean it's. I'll if I'm in the car with somebody and they're playing it, I'll listen to it. But I'm not gonna go out of my way to purchase the music. You know what I mean? Like yeah. But let me let me trace back. As a DJ, sometimes I have to because the job requires me to. Yeah. But for personal listening, personal listening uh, pleasure, I don't really get. I've that. never known anyone to. I've I've been around to like country. Did you ever had a girlfriend that liked country? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably where you think like, I was in a car plenty of times. Yeah, she? yeah. No, I, I dated this one girl for almost three years. She she was she loved country so. It pretty much the rule was like, if we got in her car, she was her music. We got in my car, it was my music. But even still, I was kind of laid back. Like she'd play something, I'm like, first song, okay, cool. Second song, all right. By song number five, I'm like, yo, can we throw something with some little more bounce in right, it? Like I'm getting right, depressed. <laughs> right, 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 right. So when you got introduced to hip hop, like what intrigued you about like rap? 
So I, I think I was more drawn to the musical elements of it. Because, again, with me being a drummer at heart, mm. you know, mm-hmm. hip-hop, I felt, is very, uh, it's a very percussive-driven genre. Yeah. And I just, I love some of the beats, some of the sounds that they were doing. And um, not only that, man, it just, I, I feel like there's a certain form of expression that you can get out of rap and hip-hop that you cannot get out of singing. Now, sometimes it, it goes both ways. Because, you know, sometimes you could put maybe a little more emotion, like, in the way you sing a song, but sometimes you can explain yourself better with like a rap or hip hop song that you might not necessarily have the time to do with like a traditionally like sunk song. Yeah. Yeah, I think that you know hip hop is, is is very different from a lot of a lot of other genres. You know, especially it comes with the culture and it's just like a a lot of different cultures trying to piggyback off of it. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? On top of rap being uh, uh, a genre that piggybacks off of other cultures too, so it's like it cut, it, it brings in and it, and it pushes out. So it's always been like kind of colorful, and then the, like you said, the percussions and stuff like that has just been very different. I think as a kid, because I really wasn't introduced to hip hop off jump either, because like I, like I said, I was raised in a Christian household, so it was like a lot of R and B. And a lot of Kirk Franklin and Mary oh, Mary, stop. You know Mary Mary. I grew up off India. I read music, soul child type vibe stuff like that. So I was mm-hmm. always that. Like my first album that I got was. I didn't really start getting really deep into rap. What was one of my first albums? Um. Oh, Jay Z Black album. How could I forget that? And I was in like two thousand and. You're looking at me like, damn, you young. I'm like, I was in high school, right, bro. Right. <laughs> I was in junior, I was like in junior high or something like that. And that's just something that I always remember. Like, you know, that's when I really, I was listening to hip hop then. And then it was like, I listened to Jewel Santana, his, his one of his uh, single uh, debut albums, something like that. And it was just, I felt like I was a late bloomer. So it was like, wow, this is different to hear, you know rap coming like that and I'm so used to R&B and the soul stuff like you know I kind of wish sometimes I kind of wish when I'm listening to some of this stuff that I hear now that I just never you know like that I, I just I wish I, I just wish I would have just stay R&B and all that melodic and uh, neo soul shit but as as I've as I've come to grow I'm starting to see um starting to see these artists Cause I start to watch interviews and how they talk and like where they're coming from and their influences, mm-hmm. and it's like uh, you start to understand their music a little more because they don't. A lot of these younger artists they don't aren't really influenced by the original rappers or like the hip hop, the boom pat. Right. So I don't know that. That's just how I feel with the the new rap. What do you think about how, how do you feel about today's rappers in? the past like 10 years versus the 90s and maybe like the early 2000s because i think the earth can we agree that the early 2000s is kind of like a the the last of like a that type of hip-hop where it's like hard street and rappers with lyrics and stuff like that where that was that was i, I have culture. a i have a split like uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like opinion about that. Uh-huh. I think there is there's still good artistry out there. There's still artists who are putting thought in 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 uh, 
emotion and all these different things, um, not only to the lyrics, but to the production and to the packaging and everything. I think where a lot of people, they say like, you know, oh, we, we, all we got is this mumble rap now. Yeah. That's what the industry's pushing, yeah. but that doesn't necessarily mean that's a, an entire representation of a generation. Because, right. you know, some of the uh, artists are out right now, and you know, you've got like Kendrick. Yeah. Um, I'm a huge fan of Lecrae, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. artists like that, you know, they are staying true to themselves, and I feel like they're doing, you know, they're doing the uh, the artistry justice. But at the same time, you know, that they, they found a sweet medium where they're also staying relevant. Yeah. Now, overall, yeah, I mean, you, you know, culture, you know, changes. There's always a shift. You know, as you get older, you know, there's always that generation that looks at the generation, yeah. you know, below them, and they're like, why are you dressing like that? Why are you listening to that? You know what I mean? Like, we, we got yeah. that growing up, and now we're... we're and I, feel like, like, <laughs> I feel like I'm the guy, I'm the, I'm in between all of it, is how I feel, because I feel like I'm still young enough to connect, mm-hmm. but it's like, I'm like, I didn't... I was listening to Straight Spitters, you know what I'm saying, growing up, just like J.R. Ryder, the whole dip set, you know what I'm saying, Rockefeller, you know, just, that's what, when I was in high school growing up, you know, the stuff that we really like listening to was stuff like that, and then you do get, you do get artists like uh, Kendrick and Dave East and J. Cole, mm-hmm. and there there are plenty of them out here, if you find them, there are a few on mainstream, they're, they're actually a more than a couple handfuls that can actually, you know, deliver and are relevant, maybe a handful and a half. But um, with the mumble rap thing, I feel like the guys that were head of mumble rap at one point in time, they came out with it via SoundCloud. I feel like the SoundCloud era pushed a lot of these uh, so-called mumble mumble rappers out. Mm-hmm. And... There was it was like these guys are the lead like Lil Yachty and uh, Kodak Black and et cetera and all these guys, and um, so once you first hear these guys, it's, it's like it throws you off because it's not it's not really something that you're used to hearing or it's just different. It's what the, the younger crowd likes, so you're not used to it. But once they do it and they perfect their craft and they put their little twist on it. Then you see that this is a hot trend. This is a trend, and everybody else thinks that they could do it. Mm-hmm. So now you just see a bunch of watered down little yachties. It was after it was already hard to digest, you know, what they were coming out with the designers and stuff like that. It was already, it was to the regular hip hop, the older generation and stuff like that. It was already hard to digest what they were putting out. So once they perfected where it's okay. To that crowd, then it's you get all of these other motherfuckers that just want to not put any effort into it and just come out with shit, come out with shit, and then you just get multiple clones of like three rappers. You got a bunch of little Waynes, you get a bunch of little Yachties, you get a bunch <clears throat> of young thugs, and so. Well, I, I think that's true with just by any genre music. I mean, like you know, you go back to like 2010 Mm -hmm. lady gaga comes out and straight up changed the entire industry like everybody started doing that four on the floor like house type of pop kind of music because prior to her like there were some and all of a sudden she's coming out with it and i'm noticing like jason derulo and like chris brown and like all these other artists like they were like doing tracks that were very similar to hers i was just like 
wow, <laughs> it's amazing how you know you get the one artist that comes out of the woodwork, yeah, and and they blow up with a, a few songs that everyone's just like, hey, like that's where it's shifting, you know. So yeah, I did. I never really thought about it like that. That it, it is kind of it's just it's more. I feel like in in, in hip hop is just so messed up because of a lot of the the uh, images, mm-hmm. a lot of the imagery and what these what they're portraying like the drug usage and the violence and you know and uh stuff like that all that stuff and it's, it's just not positive and everybody's doing it they having all these kids drinking lean and doing all this popping pills and dressing crazy <laughs> yeah you know what i'm saying so it's but it's like you can't really get mad at them i feel like the older generation can really not get mad or not necessarily. I get mad because I don't think nobody's like mad. They're just like maybe disappointed or just salty. But this is what they've learned or didn't learn from you guys that was supposed to pass knowledge down. I don't feel like that knowledge was passed down right, to a generation. Well, that, you know, as, uh, you know, the history of the world, you know, as people get older, culture changes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like me... Being born in the 80s, growing up primarily in the 90s, I can't relate to somebody who grew up in the 70s. I wasn't around for that era. Right. So the um, the cultural influences and the tragedies and, and the things that took place during that time frame, like I can't really connect to. I've like, maybe read about it and heard yeah. about it, but to me, there are stories on a paper. And you know, that's not to sound disrespectful. Yeah. But, like, I can only go off of my own personal life experiences. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so what you're saying is that um, basically what was set up before you, which would be, like, the culture that has put you basically in a position that if it wasn't for this thing or this culture or DJing or whatever it may be, mm-hmm. that you might not be able to exist is it's, it's, it's okay to, like, not appreciate that? No, I'm not saying it's not okay, but like, say for example, like, I'm gonna use Kanye West for example, uh-huh. right? So he he grew up like a regular dude, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he had drive, he had hustle, and obviously he's done very well for himself. Yeah. Now his children, when they grow up and they decide that they want to be artists, they're not gonna have the same influence that he had. They're you know, they're not gonna be able to talk about like, oh, living on these streets is hard, like. You never lived in the right, streets. Right. You've had security your entire life. You've had money. You you never had to worry about, you know, where you're going to get your next meal at or if the heat's going to be on at night when you go to bed. So by, uh, you know, again, like culture's constantly shifting. And, and yeah. you know, you wouldn't expect like his children to rap or sing or say the same things that he would say because yeah. that's, they're, they're living completely different lives. But at the same token, right now, well, if you want to use Kanye as an example, with him being as successful as he is, mm-hmm. that he doesn't really speak of those same sentiments now that he used to, because right. that he doesn't go through those experiences. So for him to to be moving forward, he's going to he's going to share the the uh, the more greater positive experiences that he has with his children because. That's kind of what his life is like, you know, it's mm-hmm. of abundance and stuff like that. So it's not like you forget where you come from, but that's just that's where you're living right then and there. So I I think that 
it should just be some type of uh i think we all i don't know because i've been getting going through this thing of like history and how important is history mm-hmm. um i just think that it should be appreciated and we should always think that uh if something was changed that something might not happen the way it's happened now so you know not just throw throw the past on the back burner just be aware and but you, it's hard to be aware when you don't have uh, those people that experienced it or that that learned from it to push it to you, which right. you don't see. Right. So it's, it's it's a slippery slope on, you know, older people not not uh, respecting or appreciating this generation. But if you would maybe it could have been different if you you would have done something. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we'll never know. It is what it is. I've grown uh, like a lot of these new rappers. I mean, not a lot of them, but they have a nice sound, you know, nice nice uh, sound as a, in a club and stuff like that. What do you look for when you're DJing in the club? What what do you put in your in your spins as, as the new stuff? Man, that's, that's always a toss-up because there's always what I want to play and what... Well, there's usually three factors. There's what I want to play, what the people who are dancing want to play, or want me to play, and the person who hired me, what they want me to play. Right, okay. And, that, and sometimes, you know, I, I think people don't understand that. You know, if, if, if I'm doing a gig and the guy who's writing me a check tells me, don't play this, it doesn't matter if everyone's crying and complaining all night, but that they might, you know, someone in the crowd might be like, hey, come up. They'll come up and say, hey, can you play some of this? I'm like, oh, I can't do that. And then they get all mad, but like, well, you're a sorry DJ. And I'm yeah. like, like, sorry, I got a daughter. I got to pay my bills. Right. Like, I can't piss off the dude who's writing me my check. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's interesting. Now, for my go-to, I like finding a happy medium between EDM and hip-hop. Uh-huh. I like a lot of trap remixes. Yeah. I do top 40 remixes and stuff. Um, I've really only got to do, like, a set that I feel like is true to myself around here, like once or twice. Because yeah. usually sometimes people will show up and, you know, you know they'll be at the Crow Bar or Sound Bar or Louis or wherever, yeah. and they'll hear me do a set, and they're kind of like, it's so foreign to them, like how much remixing and how much production I'm adding into my set, that they're kind of like, hey, can't you just play the normal version <laughs> I hear on the radio? And I'm like, but that's what every DJ does. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like... I'm doing, I'm I'm looking at this more as like an artist, you know. I'm not just here hitting play on a song. Like I'm recreating the song. I'm making my own version to the song. Um, I tried it once actually, not that long ago, and got a really really good response out of it. I think you might have been there that night. Is that Crowbar? Hmm. I might have been. This is like what night? Three weeks ago, maybe. May, oh, I don't know. I haven't been Crowbar in a long time. Maybe. Okay. Maybe I might have. But um, I decided, like, you know what, man? I've been traveling a lot. You know, I've been doing gigs out in Vegas. I've been doing stuff. And, like, I was in Texas and New York and Toronto. Yeah. Well, I've seen, I've, uh, I mean, you've been to uh, New York, you said, Michigan, mm-hmm. Pennsylvania. You've been all around, right? Yeah, all around, man. So yeah. last year, I, I, one of my questions were, out of all the 160, well, 160 shows you did last year? Hey, you got a good memory, yeah. 160? Yeah. Um, what was your favorite show? That's a lot of fucking shows. Does that lot. include in in hometown or is that like everywhere? That, that, that was every booking. Okay. Um, this year it's, um, 
I don't I know, know the exact. I, I won't really year. know the exact number till December, but I'm pretty sure it's over 200. Because hey, what, what was it? Wait, so you've probably been up. You've probably been climbing that ladder, huh? I'm trying. I mean, that's the goal. That's what's up. Yeah, 200 um, something. Year favorite show from last year, man. Um, that's a lot of fucking shows. There's a lot of shows. Um, or where's your favorite state? How about that? Where's your favorite state besides Ohio, the greatest fucking state in it? <laughs> You, you know, um, I got to give a shout out actually to Kentucky and Tennessee. Really? Seriously. Because, um, well, especially Tennessee, um, it's a very, you know, you have Memphis and you have Nashville. Those are very musically driven cities and they appreciate music. You know what I mean? I feel like sometimes up here, people don't respect it as much. Like they just go out and... You know, well, you're going to play what I want to play because that's the way it is. I was just about to ask you that. Do you think they – well, keep going. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, there, there's, a, there's a gig I do in Kentucky uh, every few months, and they just – they throw the craziest parties I've ever seen in my life. Like, I mean, these are like is Hollywood. Is it a college party or is it just – No, it's, it's all ages for the most oh, part. Oh, okay. Um, but it's, it's like, you know, they'll have 800 people in the club. And I'm, I'm talking, they'll have unicorn, like people dressed in unicorn outfits shooting CO2 out of their backs. And they'll have like dancers uh. from the ceiling with foam falling down and like glow sticks and balloons. And it just, I mean, all kinds of like just madness going yeah. on. But it's like, it's, it's crazy fun. It's a lot of fun. So um, you said Tennessee? Wait, yeah, Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah, I had a residency down there once a month I was flying to. Um, that was a lot of fun down there. It's a very musically driven city. Yeah. It's funny because a lot of people, you know, that they, they see I go to Nashville so often, they're like, oh, I didn't know you're really into country music. I'm like, I'm not. And they're like, but you're going to Nashville. I'm like, that's the same perception as saying, hey, Cleveland has the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, so it's only rock and roll. Like, that's not true. Right. Not, not by a long shot. Actually, outside of the um, downtown strip in Nashville, I don't know one venue, artist, or manager that has anything to do with country music. <laughs> it's crazy. Some stereotypical bullshit. It's very st stereotypical, yes. So, oh, do you think that the artistry of DJ is not respected as much nowadays? I think it's, I don't want to say not respected. I think the problem has always been is it's not understood. Some people don't get it. They They think, you know, Somebody's just up there hitting with play the, on a song on their on their phone on the iPhone. Yeah, <laughs> you know, because like now, man, there is. You know, <laughs> you know how many times, man? You're not I've, an iPhone DJ, are you? No. <laughs> you, you know how many times I've I've actually lost a gig because someone's just like, oh, like what do you charge? I'm like, you know, we we go through the process with them, and they're like, oh, well, so and so said they would do it for like two, three hundred. I'm like, well, hire them. There's no way in the world I could beat that price. Not not by a long shot. Right. And they're kind of looking at me like. Well, you're just upstage on stage hitting buttons, right? And I was like, look, I'm like, the comparison with DJs to me is like the comparison to chefs. Just because you could put a hot pike, a hot pocket in a microwave, that doesn't make you a chef. Just like if you can hit play on a song on your phone, that doesn't make you a DJ. There is a certain artistry that goes into it. I definitely respect that because I, I actually thought about. Uh, trying to DJ a while back, and I just tried to get into it, and it was just like, oh, it's, it's going to take a little more time. So I was just like, I'll, I'll get back to it. And yeah, now I'm here. Now so. don't 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 get me wrong. I'm not going to knock 
the new guy out who is just getting into it. You know, maybe all he has is a laptop yeah. with a headphone jack. Right. That's where I started off. You know what I mean? Like, if that's where you want to um, get your start, that's cool. Like, it's baby steps. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to yell at a baby. I'm like, hey, you can't run a marathon. What's wrong with you? Like, yeah. no. Like, I've been walking for like a day. <laughs> you know? But, um, you know, I think the mindset is, is, you know, to constantly try to better yourself and get better. Yeah. You know what I mean? I've been doing this for, like I said, seven and a half, almost eight years. Um, I think I'm doing pretty well. I mean, like I said, this has been my only job I've had. Uh, I'm very comfortable and very confident with what I do. Yeah. Um, however, I know that I'm nowhere close to where I want to be. Right. Always trying to pro- progress. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, local talent, man. What do you think about the local talent? There's a few local DJs around and... There's rappers, a lot of rappers around and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll go into uh, fun hip-hop after this, but what do you think about the, the local scene on the entertainment aspect of things? I, I feel like, man, I've been out of touch. <laughs> yeah. I've been very out of touch, man. And, you know, I think a lot of that just comes with traveling so much, yeah. you, you know. I mean, I see what my friends are posting, yeah. and, you know, sometimes if, if I have time, you know, if I see someone sharing a SoundCloud link or something, yeah. you know, I'll try to check it out, but that's just not always the case. Right. Um, with the fun hip-hop, though, I mean, I, that was one opportunity I did get to see a lot of artists. I was yeah. just like, oh, okay, there's yeah. a lot of potential here. Yeah. Like, they don't actually sound whack. Yeah. Was, <laughs> they sound yeah, good. Yeah, there's, a, there's, a few, there's a few guys with talent around here. So, in that fun hip-hop uh, event, I think I went to both of them. I went to... I went to the one. Where was the second one at? They're both at the They're same both location. At the same location. Okay. Yeah. So I was at both of them. Um, I, I I was listening and I'm like, man, a lot of these guys sound pretty good, and that's the thing. It's like it's so much talent out of Sandusky, but it's so much division, and that's one thing that I see a lot around here. Like tons of talent, people doing all type of producing. Rapping, singing, shooting videos, you know what I'm saying? The whole nine yards. And uh, it's just a bunch of division. Nobody really wants to work with nobody. Everybody's just trying to get it's, a quick dollar. It's the bucket of crabs thing. Yeah. Like, you, you, you don't talk about right? Yeah. Over, you, you know, get the crabs and, like, uh, you, you know, they're, they're pulling each other down yeah. once the one starts getting out. And I feel like that's just not in Sandusky. I feel like that's a lot of areas where people – they want to see you do well. They they do. I feel like generally people they they want to see people win and succeed until you start doing better than them, yeah. and then that's where the envy kicks and in. That's when, that's where that's where um, that's where a lot of people go wrong because that that's a good analogy, and I've thought about that analogy a lot. And what I've come to the conclusion is like, what is the bucket, and. And the bucket is not the neighborhood or where you're been, you've been put or wherever type of barriers that you may think. The, the bucket is, is all, it's all in your mind. You know what I'm saying? If, if you see somebody climb, if you only see somebody climbing the bucket, you only, it's only because that, that's the way you see it. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? You putting yourself in that bucket and, you, and having barriers, you know, because we all get get stuck to having barriers and we can only do this, you can only do that. And that's where I think that bucket aspect comes to where we already put a lid over top of the bucket. Ain't no climbing out. You know what I'm saying? Because you already got your, you already a step behind thinking that you in the bucket when you really, you really, 
are, are should be on the sand just crawling around. Anybody pick you up and put you in a bucket? Right. You know what I'm saying? Where'd that bucket come from? That bucket <laughs> is, is is mental. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I said, I saw those are some of the some of the things that I sit back and I think about, like the and then you, and then I hear people say, I used to hear people say, especially like in the black community, well, who put us in a bucket or what? What what is the bucket? They put us in the bucket. I'm like, and that's and that's just the that's just the contrary thing people want to say and shit like that. Just, right. just my mom the, always says they this they that. Sometimes I just stop her and be like, who's they? Like yeah. who's they? <laughs> right, like for real. So whoever they is, like apparently they got a lot of power. Right. Because I always hear, well, they say this, and I'm like, who's, DJ who's Khaled. Saying that? Only person knows is DJ Khaled. He's the only person that knows who they is. Yeah. <laughs> Supposedly, so that's what I'm. And and I, I talked about that before too. Like we needed to just. Stop! A lot of people just need to stop hitting blame and just uh, making excuses up. That bucket is nothing but a mental barrier, and you should you should never see somebody and be envious because you just putting yourself in the wrong frequencies, and that's not that's just not somewhere that your energy should go. It's just somewhere of negativity. So when you see people doing that, and you and you and everybody got that crab in the bucket mentality, everybody sitting there and thinking about being in the bucket, the crab in the bucket. That's what you're gonna see a bunch of people that don't want to work together, that want handouts, and and want to just uh, work to get over um get to so they could get ahead or and stuff like that. So you know, know what I think? What I think the next time we do one of these, we need to have some crabs in here. Just you know, be throwing down some food. <laughs> we, can, <laughs> we can take up our crabs in the right. bucket. I'm sitting, man, I'm getting hungry. <laughs> Sorry. Get some nice, some nice crabs. I guess I can eat crab legs. Um, yeah. Do you man. eat crab legs? Yeah, yeah. I, I eat seafood. Okay. On, on occasions. Sushi. You know, on we, weekends. Yeah, I eat sushi on weekends. Okay. Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. That's about the only meat that I eat is is uh, fish. It's pretty good though. I love uh, salmon. Salmon? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love it. It's pretty good. It's my favorite. Um, if, I, if I had to pick a favorite, I would say perch. It'd be perch? Favorite. Perch. Perch is like my second. See, it's like salmon, perch. tuna. I'm sorry. I'm, sam, yeah, I can't talk. Salmon, perch, and maybe uh, bluegill. That'd be up there for me. Bluegill? Bluegill. Ooh, I'm not sure if I've had bluegill. I mean, it's, you know, I don't want to say all fish taste the same, but they, they all have a very Fishy. similar, yeah. yeah. I, I like walleye. Walleye good? I haven't, you know, I didn't go down to the fish place, the Sandusky fish place downtown this summer. I didn't go that many times because I was trying to change my diet, but still, the fish place is pretty good. I like I love their perch sandwiches. You ever been to one down there? Down oh, yeah. Yeah, what is it, New Sandusky Fish, that's what it's called? Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of Sandusky Fish in the Bay and all that, Putting Bay, you've done some gigs on Putting Bay, right? Yeah, I man. had to. <laughs> tell me about, tell me about your experience on Putting the Bay, man. <laughs> How many years have you been over there? Um, so I'm I'm with a company called Five Stars Entertainment. Okay, yeah, and, and we've been over there for I'd say five years now. Okay, yeah. So, um, the one there. I mean, there's a couple venues that we've done this with, but there's just one venue in, in particular, uh, the Fishbowl. They're very consistent. They pretty much hire us out for, like, the entire summer. So anytime you go to that venue, there's a DJ. That DJ is one of our guys. Um, Put Bay, man, that, that's its own animal. I tell people, I'm like, I feel like Putin Bay is the Vegas of Ohio. Yeah. 
like what happens Seriously. there stays there. No, I mean, it's yeah, it's like seriously though. Yeah, it's, it's party central, man. Like some of the craziest things I've seen have taken place off that Can island. Can you share? Give me a story. Let us hear a story. Oh that... man, uh, what would be the craziest? Uh, here's a crazy one. So I'm DJing, right? Yeah. And uh, there, there's this, uh, there's this couple there. And, you know, they, they keep calling me down off stage, which is actually really annoying because I'm like, just let me do my yeah. job. You know what I mean? <laughs> Whatever. And, you know, they're talking to me. They're, they're, you know, they're trying to buy me drinks. Now, I'm I'm not a really big drinker. Like, I'll have a drink. But, you know, when I'm trying to, like, go to work, like, that's essentially my mindset. It's like, I'm here to work. I'm not here to, like, you know, get lit or nothing like right. that. But um, they're like, hey, play this song. I'm like, all right, cool. Dude hands me a $50. Oh, cool. That's what's up. Now, it's it's a very common courtesy to tip a DJ yeah. if, you, if you're doing a song request. Some people don't think that. You know, they, they don't think twice about going to a jukebox and put money in that. But then they'll <laughs> they'll yell at a human hey. being who has feelings. See, you see how fucked up we are as human beings? Right. They have no problem giving a machine of money, but a human being who, you know, I might have had a bad day, you know what I mean? Like... My daughter wasn't listening. My car broke down. I get to work, and then you yell at me about playing a song. You're not even See. tipping me. I'm like, come on, man. See? Yeah. Damn. Now <laughs> I hope you motherfuckers learn some shit from that. Because I, I, I know you go through that a lot. You, you would, you'd be surprised. <laughs> yeah, that's shit's wild. But uh, no, so this dude gives me $50. I play a song. Gives me another 50 I ended up making like $700 off this dude. Man, what? On top of what the venue is already paying me. So I'm like, all right, you know, after a while, I start thinking, like, this dude's my best friend. Like, all right, he's cool. <laughs> so this is where things get weird. So um, <laughs> it's like towards the end of the night, I'm, I'm like, I'm a last song. They're still there. And they're kind of like, hey, uh, come here, man. And I'm thinking, like, all right, what's up? And, and they're like, hey, so what are you doing after this? I'm like, honestly, I was like, I got a room. I was like, I, I might walk down, grab me a pizza, take it back to the room, watch, like, drag a ball or Z or something like that and, and, and go to sleep. And they're like, well, why, why'd you come party with us? And I was like, I, hey, I really appreciate the offer. Um, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm not really up for it tonight. This dude just came out of the woodwork and basically, long story short, he wanted me to snort crack off of his wife's butt crack. Like, straight up, like, they, they, they want me to, like, do drugs, like, off her, like, off her butthole. <laughs> and then and then he wanted to watch me have sex with her. I knew it. And I'm like I I, I'm I'm laughing like first reaction, if I get nervous <laughs> or uncomfortable, I laugh. Was she not? I mean she was cute. Oh. But like yeah, I was like I'm like, oh man, no, like what I can't the, do that, bro. What, <laughs> like, what the I like I knew that I knew he, I knew it was some freaky shit. I knew he wanted to do fuck his Yeah, because I'm like I'm thinking my head. But why like, you gotta snort the coke? Damn. Like first off, I'm not that kind of guy. <laughs> you got the wrong That's DJ. The okay. Why you, like why you gotta do all that shit? Yeah. Let me fuck Second <laughs> off, man, I'm like I don't I don't know what kind of crack you're putting in the crack. <laughs> and then two, like how do I know this dude ain't gonna get a mean streak Wait. if like you know what I mean? Like I don't know, man. It was it was just like what the heck. I remember just leaving there feeling kind of violated i'm like i don't want to take this guy's money no more i felt like that was a setup you yeah, know trying to butter was. me up or something definitely was yeah but 750 to uh snort some blow and fuck somebody's wife wow. yeah i was just what like, like I, I can't night. do it bro what a fucking night. are you single jimmy rock um yeah i'm single single hey he's on the market out here ladies i'm I not gonna i'm boy. not gonna sniff crack off your crack so yeah, he's not <laughs> sniffing crack off the crack nope 
You crazy motherfuckers. I knew that's what it was coming to. As soon as he said, I recognize game. I know how people, I don't even know why I know this because it's like never happened to me, but I'm like, yeah, he wants you because I've heard some crazy stories. People want that type of shit. He was smooth with it too. He, and he was just flat out like, look, he's like, my, my wife thinks you're attractive. They, you you know, we, we kind of do this thing where we, we kind of, we, you know, we're, we're sort of a, a wingman for each other at times. And I'm like, if I ever got married, I could not say that's about, like, if, if I'm married, like, yeah. you're all mine, I'm yeah, all yours. Yeah. That's it. Like, <laughs> some, some people, that's how they get through their marriage. I mean, if, if that's what works for you, then. Yeah, it's crazy. All right, but, yeah. There, there's, they do that often. That wasn't just normal. Right. I mean, that wasn't just like, oh, if you just, no, they always probably do that shit. I see, too, like, I'm also the type of dude, man, where, you know, if a girl came to me on her own, like she was just out with the girls and she was trying to get with me, yeah. but I find out she's in a relationship or she's married, like, sorry, I can't do that. Yeah. Well, if we talk about, he'll never know. I'm like, first off, I'm like, I don't want to be on the other end of the conversation one day. I don't want me having a girl. Is she doing that to me? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. It definitely happens because, you know, that it's cliche as it sounds. It goes around, comes around. You do that shit, you're going to get a chick to do that shit to you. Right. Because it definitely happens. For sure. Right. What, what type of chicks you like, man? Tall, short. What, what you like? What, what do I like? Yeah. <laughs> um, eyes, I, I feel like, are definitely a factor. Eyes? Eyes. Oh, okay. Yeah. It doesn't matter the color. Yeah. It just, I, it just I, I like good eyes, eyes and I like a good smile. Yeah. I feel like I'm, I'm pretty, like, I'm an idiot, like, 90% of the time. <laughs> so I'm always doing something that's probably going to make someone laugh or roll their eyes at me. So I'm like, hey, if they're always going to be rolling their eyes and smiling and laughing, like, they got to have they gotta have that going on. Right. Um, I would say short to average as far as height goes. How tall are you? How tall am I? Yeah. Almost 6'3". Oh, tall. Yeah, so obviously they're all short to me. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking giants. These fucking giants, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Um... I, I, I don't know what else we're describing here. Am I going... Who, hair? Hair. You like, um, wait, you, you like black girls, white girls? Black and Puerto Rican. Black and Puerto Rican. Yes. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've, I've been with white girls. Yeah. You know, my daughter's white. Yeah. To the surprise of actually a lot of my classmates, they're like, wow, you got a white kid. <laughs> like, yes, I do. <laughs> a blonde hair, blue-eyed, little baby girl. Wow. But um, How old is she? She's seven. Oh, man. Yeah. So, it's not... <laughs> wait, so your journey started when your baby came? You're DJing? You said she, something years her, uh, her mother was pregnant when I started the gig. Oh. So, wow. Because so. I, 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 I met her mom. Um, well, I had known her mom for a few years, but <laughs> we, we started dating, like, in the fall. And then it was that following spring that oh, I got okay. my first gig. Oh, man. So, it's like you got two babies. <laughs> right. <laughs> your baby and your, and your, your career. Mm -hmm. That's dope, though. That's definitely dope. Mm -hmm. So, you said... So black and Puerto Rican. You, I've never. I don't even know any Puerto Ricans. Really? Listen, you want to know something that I think is kind of weird? Well, when you go around Sandusky, there aren't really that much uh, other ethnicities. I mean, there's it's black, Mexican. white, and some Asian. I don't even know any. Well, I know uh, a girl. That we have a lot of Asian restaurants. Not to be racist or no, nothing, we but, do, you know but what I'm saying? where the fuck else do you see them? Yeah, I mean, well, besides I, the, again, I, with me being a DJ, I see. Right, people, but hey, you go places you don't see these people. Right, that's another thing, man. You go to these Chinese restaurants, man. You'll never see the people that work there in society. Somebody, I got all need answers. Are these people fucking real? Right, it might be fucking robots or something. But no, 
I'm what I'm saying is you know there's not a lot of uh, Hispanic culture around here. Not not like that. If you if you wanted a if, yeah if you wanted a good like Boricua kind of culture. Yeah. Lorraine would be the no, place Lorraine, to go. Yeah. Straight up. Even Fremont has a little bit more than us. For real. Fremont has a... Because, you know, I'm from Fremont initially. I was born oh, in okay. Fremont. You know, I have a lot of family in Fremont. My grandma... My grandma's house literally surrounded by a neighborhood of Mexicans and stuff like that. So, you know, I know a lot of Mexicans in Fremont. But, you know, yeah, there's a lot... I don't know any Puerto Ricans in Sandusky. Who's a Puerto Rican in Sandusky? I don't, I don't know. You know, I mean, I, I know a lot of Puerto Ricans, but I feel like every time I meet them, they're not from Sandusky. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know too many from Sandusky, man. Um so with the I'm gonna go back to the fun and hip hop uh thing. We could wrap it up here in a minute, man. Okay. We've been uh chopping it up for a minute unless you got anything else you wanna speak about. But uh when you did the fun and hip hop um event, you know, that was a dope event and I think that we should be having more events like that. Even though, like, the first event wasn't, it wasn't, like, a lot of people. But the artists were there. They brought their people. You know, the sound the sound system was good. Everything was good. You did dope with the DJ. And you did a good job setting it up. So, commend it. Salute Thank you, you for that. Um, pushing that forward into transitioning into different... Uh, different ways to like market the artist or to have these different events. How important? How important is that to you? Like moving forward after doing these events and then following up and maybe doing more events just to try to try to at least push. Because from what I'm seeing in in Sandusky in, in the talent area, I don't see a lot of motivation. I don't see mm-hmm. a lot of people that are motivated um, or that are really trying to do trying to do what they say they would like really want to do. And uh and I find I, I see how it's easy for, for people to fall into that because I fell into it. You know what I'm saying? It's hard to get your your concentration together because you know but I only speak on a lot of stuff from experience because I this is what I know because I've been through it and I see it in everybody else. So um if somebody has to be the one to try to push it forward, how important is that to you to be able to you know, stick on your platform and you keep creating and uh, giving yourself opportunity and maybe pushing things home forward also. Mm-hmm. You, you know, man, so uh, did you do sports at all when you, when you were in high school? Yeah, I did sports. I played basketball in high school. Okay. Um, one of the sports I was – I mean, I did quite a few sports, but my favorite one was I ran track. Oh. And – you know, kind of using track as like sort of the analogy here, you know, when they do the four by four run, you know, sometimes people put so much uh, like a major emphasis on, you know, that last runner who's getting the baton, like, you know, he's got to finish the race. I'm like, you know what? He would never get to finish the race if somebody didn't hand it to him in the first place and get him to where he was at. So with that being said, you know, I do try to contribute what I can to the local artists, to the local community, because at one point, Somebody went out on a limb, and they gave me a chance yeah. to do what I had always believed in myself to do. Um, you, you know what I mean? Like I, I feel like sometimes people, they know what they want to do, but they just don't know how to get there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're, They get so caught up in how far the journey is. I'm like, hey, look, if I had to walk a 1,000 miles... You know, but oh my gosh! But you know what? Sometimes you just have to start taking a couple steps, yeah. and then once you kind of get halfway through, you're like, "Wow, I've already 
I've already gotten this far. Yeah. Rather than the person who's still s- sitting at the start line saying like, man, I've got a journey of a thousand miles. Yeah. But they're still sitting there. They're not getting anywhere. Yeah. You know, one of the things I'm very uh, big on is you either make moves or you make excuses. Um, you, you know, the other thing, is, it's a very mental process. But, you know, I tell artists all the time, you know, stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Because sometimes when opportunity comes your way, you know, you just don't have time to prepare. You know yeah. what I mean? They'll be like, hey, I need this from you. Be like, oh, well, let me go do this. Let me go do that. I'd be like, sorry, I need it right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so I, I've seen that. And th- there's actually a bigger picture with the fun and hip-hop um, events. Um, well, there's three different levels. One, there's obviously the business aspect of it. You know yeah. what I mean? I, I want to see it grow and become its own like brand and, and yeah. you know its own monster in a sense. Two, I wanted... I was thinking, like, what is a better way to get a bunch of people together of different races, cultures, cities, backgrounds, whatever? It's it's always been music, you know what I mean? And I feel like by the applying the name fun and hip-hop, it's showing that, like, hey, we can have fun. We could do these types of shows yeah. and not have to worry about fights and not have to worry about violence or shootings or, or stuff like that. Not saying that that stuff's never going to happen, but, you know, we take the precautions from the get-go. You know, we, we whenever we did the event, we always alerted the, uh, the local police departments of what we had going on. We were requesting drive-bys, so the police were in the parking lot every few minutes or so, you know, just kind of driving through, make sure things safe. You know, our security team was patting down people for weapons or anything of that nature because... I just wanted to create a safe environment for yeah. people to do stuff. And then on top of that, you know, I wanted the artists to encourage each other. You know, iron sharpens iron. And um, just put on a good show. And eventually, like I said, the business aspect of it, like I have a bigger picture of what the show is going to look like. Eventually, I'd like to see this thing actually turn into a block party. Yeah. You know, where you have a line array sound system. You have top-notch sound production, lighting production. You know, you have an event where you have... Uh, hundreds maybe thousands of people show up downtown kind of like what they would do at bike week but it's a hip-hop and like r&b and like electronic music driven event yeah that's uh that's, that sounds dope and i could definitely see it, it, it being pushed to being something of that nature as long as uh these artists keep trying to strive forward and get better and being consistent mm-hmm. um you see a lot of these guys that just come out of the woodworks when these events come around and that's just uh, these events come around. These people would perform. A few people, you might get some new faces out there, and then they don't, you know, they don't drop anything else, and they go silent, or you know what I'm saying. And the consistency just isn't there. Um, I think a lot of people just need to come together and just make dope stuff together, mm-hmm. uh, and we could put each other on and. Cause these people are getting on it, off independency. All these independent, these guys are coming up independent. But a lot of these guys are coming, claiming they're independent, but really got deals. People are doing that too. But you can make it independent, man. The internet is a monster. Mm-hmm. What do you? What is your take on how important the internet internet is on your your success? I think it's uh it's very important. It's not the most important piece. Um. But I feel like, you know, numbers don't lie. Yeah. You, know what you know what I'm saying? Like, one of the things I had noticed was when I was doing the fun and hip-hop thing, I had artists telling me, like, hey, like, book me. I'm the hottest thing around. Yeah. And I'm like, 
well, what makes you the hottest thing? They're like, hey, hey man, I got, I got 500,000 plays on my SoundCloud channel. Like, really? Let me check it out. Yeah. So I go to their SoundCloud, and true, they have 500,000 plays, but why do you only have three or four likes and two comments? Are you buying your place? Oh, of course. You know what I mean? So, like, you, you start seeing past that kind of stuff. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? You're kind of like, come on, bro. Like, just just keep it real. Yeah. It's okay to have 37 plays on your song. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Real talk. just means you're you're, you're starting off, yeah. and, and you know what I mean? Point. It doesn't mean that you're a bad artist. It just means you might need help with your marketing, with your branding, you know, with getting the promotion out there. Hey, 37 is better than zero. Hey, right. You know what I'm saying? Even if it was zero, you know, um, sometimes people write a song. Sometimes it's not meant for everybody. Sometimes the song's meant just for you. Yeah. You know what I mean? At least somebody's going to listen. You're going to get one listen. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? You're going to get something. So the numbers definitely don't lie. And there's people out here buying. I've seen I've seen a few artists around here that I've bought, uh, bought in their likes and stuff like that and shares. Mm-hmm. You know, I ain't going to throw no shade on nobody's names, but. Yeah, that's definitely happening. Just just keep it real. Just get on the grind and, and and look up how to market yourself on the internet the right way. I've been trying to read me a couple books. You heard of Gary Vaynerchuk? Gary V? Gary Vaynerchuk? I don't think so. Oh, yeah, he's, he's like a fucking social media fucking god. But, you know, he talks a lot about that and trying to monetize and market yourself on social media, especially mm-hmm. like personalities and people that do YouTube or music or whatever it may be. So, um... Yeah, man. Uh, I don't know, man. You got anything else? You got you got anything you want to? You got anything coming up? Any events you want to talk about? Anything? You got any questions for me or what? What's up? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know, man. I, I got. You know how it is. I'm always doing gigs. Yeah. Uh, I, I know it'll be in Columbus this weekend. Uh, I got an event down there. It's it's a it's a conference actually. I believe there's going to be like. Thirty five hundred people there or something that I'm, I'm DJing in front of. So. Okay. Um, that'd be cool. They had me last year. They had me uh, Friday night last year. This year, they decided to book me for Friday and Saturday. So that'd be a good time. Um, just for all your listeners, you know, if 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 anybody's out there, if they're on Spotify or Apple Music, Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, um, you know, any any of the social media websites or uh, music streaming services, they could follow me at DJ Jimmy Rock. You know, DJ check out Jimmy my stuff. Rock. Yep. Um. David Thulin, is that his name? What was that? Who was that Tulin. guy? Tulin. Tulin. Yeah, Tulin. He's he's Swedish. You did. He's from Sweden. And what did you did work with him? Yeah. So I I put out an original track, um, March of last year, uh-huh. and it was like an EDM trap song. It was it was completely instrumental. Like I came up with my own samples and stuff like that. We 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 put the song out. I was pretty happy with it, and um, you know the song did get some interest. It, it caught the attention of some like some cool people and i thought you know what like i think it's time to i, I need to start working on on an album again or start working on an ep yeah. so uh we've been working on it ever since but you know i kind of thought i was like man it's been like over a year and all i've done is put out one song you know now mind you i'm one of those people that i believe in quality over quantity you yeah. know what i mean like i might put out i'd rather put out one solid song that i could stand behind and proud of than a hundred songs and like i'm not really Found of your super happy of any of them. So uh, David's a friend of mine. He's a music industry cat. You know he does a lot of production with a lot of like different indie artists and and um, some major artists too. Um, but uh, yeah, he uh, 
we, we worked together. I sent him the stems of the song. He did a remix to it. He did his own spin. So we put out like a trance uh, kind of remix to the song. And actually, I got a third version of the song coming out. Hopefully, by the end of this year, I got a, I got a couple of MCs from Miami. They're they're jumping on it. And then I had this chick. Uh, her name's Angie Rose. Uh, she'll be on it as well. She's from I think Queens, maybe. Okay. But uh, they're all they're all kind of doing their thing too. So it's That's like it. people hear the original version, like, oh, this is like an EDM kind of trap song. Uh-huh. And then they hear the first remix, and like it's straight trance. And then they hear the third remix, and it's straight trap. And they're like, but it's still the same song. Right. So it's kind of cool. Oh, that's really dope. You are here. You produced. You're yeah. Producing a lot. That's what's up, man. That's what's up, man. Appreciate you coming by, man. Definitely. Thank you for having me. Yeah, man. I think we're gonna wrap this up. Maybe you can come by. Again, some other time, um, we was going to have some events coming up that we have postponed. Um, like I told you before, we're in the rebranding process. You know what I'm saying? 2018, we're going to try to push some new stuff. Uh, shout out to uh, Easy Taught Me, Jordan Arnell. Shout out to the homie um, doing his thing. He just the shoe, He just got sent the shoe from, uh, I think, what's his name? Chris Dunlap. Plays for the Bengals. He's going to be a... Uh, Designing his shoe, so you know he he just got the shoe. He about to go do wow. that thing. That's major. Yeah, he was on the NFL Network. He he has an interview on the NFL Network. So that's uh, awesome. Yeah, you have to ch- I don't, I'm not sure when it airs. He'll be posting it on Facebook. To uh, check that out. So yeah, he's doing it real big. Shout out to him, man. He's one of the sponsors. You know, he he, he covered all our artwork. You know, he's one of the inspirations for this thing. Uh, be on the lookout. For me and Jordan Arnell's live podcast, um, just be on the lookout. I'm not going to drop too much information about that, but just be on the lookout for that. We're going to be going live, um, having live chats, interacting with the people, uh, getting it going on YouTube. Um, you know, we're going to try to push more content in 2018, uh, a lot of more content, more consistent. And, uh, you know, coming full-fledged, man, more interviews, more dope interviews. You know, DJ Jimmy Rock in the building. And, <laughs> and you know, that's how we're going to do it, man. It's your boy, Big Zeke. Uh, it's the Zeke Chronicles, man. And uh, DJ Rock, Jimmy, my fault, <laughs> DJ Jimmy Rock. It's all good. Hey, take us out of here, man. Give us, give me a shout-out or something, man, and, and, and get us up out of here, man. Well, uh, first off, I would like to thank my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, uh, for... <laughs> <laughs> for bringing me here today. Uh, shout out to my daughter. Crazy. Yeah, even though I really doubt she, she'll be listening to this, but you never know. Um, Maybe one honestly, day it's here forever. I, I, I have to t- thank two people. I have to su- thank my supporters and also my haters. Because I tell people, haters are my, my, my motivators. You tell me I can't do something, yeah. that just puts a fire in my butt to make me want to prove you wrong. That's what's up, man. So, and we, thank and, you, everybody. And we're going to end it on that, man. Appreciate you coming Is through, there? dog. Until next time, bro.